Thank you very much. Wow, that's a very good job. I like that song. I know I have a Spanish-speaking pastor over there that says, are you happy to be a Christian? Are you really? Are you, are you full of joy? And then he says, well, tell to your face that you're joyful. You know what I mean? Sometimes we come here and say, yeah, I'm full of joy. God. I'm full of joy. You know? Are we full of joy? Yeah, it was good how they actually sang that song. I really thank you for that. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things that um, is a perspective, isn't it? One of my alleged mistakes that I made when I get to Argentina, I said alleged because it's all about perspectives, is that I proceed, remember that we arrived there in December, it's the same hemisphere, so we're in summer. And me, well, being accustomed and being, you know, like you, decided that worshiping the Lord with 35 degrees inside of the building was not the best idea. So I proceeded to install an air conditioner. And I was really giving, you know, big, you know, the problem. How dare you? How dare you spend that money in air condition? So, brethren, I don't know what you're complaining about. And thank you for all of you that are going like this because, you know, <laughs> that's me you're telling me, come on, get on. Yes. You know, you, you encourage me. That's good. You know? So, we're going to be here for a while. And, uh, look, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really, I'm not going to be, I won't be in a hurry or anything like that because, hey, it's only what, 20? Nine, something like that, inside here. You know, a spring. When we reach about 42, and then we can perhaps you know, move it outside. It's all about perspectives. It's good. Pastor actually invited me to um, preach to you. It's good always to be at church. You know, I'm telling you, there is many churches that they don't have anymore evening services. And some of them, they're not even trying to do it. It's hard sometimes because people, you know, think that that's it. It's only one box for Sunday. And I take it in the morning, so why come back in the evening? We try to, or we go to a great length in Argentina to tell them that we're not a religion, that we are more, or that we are beyond that. And we're trying to make this difference, this uh, position, that what we're trying to establish is a relationship with God. Our relationship with God. And today, obviously, I want to talk to you because you are a seasoned Christian, because we meant to have that, and then into an intimate communication with God. When uh, Pastor Tom was preaching last week, I thought, hmm, interesting. Because he actually asked me to preach before that. I thought, what should I preach? What should I say to my church? And you know, there is, uh, I guess I will start with this statement. If one has a relationship with God, then all other things find their place. Our relationship with God is something that I hope we are really appreciate and we seek and we should do it in an in a intensive way. Because religion without an intimate relationship with God is vain and without purpose. There would be nothing for us at the end of the day if we just go through emotions because this is what we do every Sunday. We just do it and, you know, and we maintain, the, we maintain that, uh, that expectation over us. So everything begins and finishes with God. But what happens in between that, it is important for us so that we can walk hand in hand with God. But what should happen? But what really should happen? If when we say that when we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, all the thing has passed away, and they have become new. This is one of the promises and one of the certainties that we explain to the people. 
And so there is obviously this question, as I was uh, mentioning even a couple of weeks ago about in, in Sunday school, it's always the expectation, what should I do now? And if you tell me how or what, now tell me how. And look, there is always this communication with God or this expectation, this relationship there is with God. And I know that each and every one of you, regardless of how many years you've been as a Christian, you have different walk or different pace. And of course we understand that. And when I read those words there in the book of Judges, the last chapter, the last verse, Judges 21, 25, it says that in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now we're talking about the chosen people of Israel. Those ones that only a few years back had been released, has been uh, taken out of oppression in a mighty way. Those ones that they didn't know nothing really about this God now has been so powerful, being chosen, I mean, being, being shown to them. And all of a sudden, through the years, they come to this statement. They have seen the work of Moses. They have seen all these uh, champions that the Lord has raised them up to, to take him out of this bondage over and over and over again, and yet they found this sad statement. They have a relationship with God. They know God. I mean, you, you can go through all those, you know, the Sansoms and, you know, Gideon and all those, all those, all these people. And yet, it's difficult. And so there is a group of people that have this communication, this communion with God, and yet they live like there is no king over the head. See, those people, they have no authority over themselves. And I hope this is not the case here in the church. But there has been times, you know, when I, I've been, obviously, a few years in my Christian life, and I have, I have seen other, you know, works and so on, and I think, I wonder if this person is really a Christian. You know, you and I, we decide how we want to live our lives. And I hope now that we have uh, become Christians, that we can actually say that Jesus Christ, the Lord, is a king. You know, we have received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. But remember that he's Lord. <laughs> Not everyone did, he says, everything, you know, according to what God uh, wanted or expected of them. But they live according to themselves. And so there has to be an expectation. There has to be something that has to change on us because we started this relationship with God. And in churches, unfortunately. It happens, you know, that every now and then you find a person that he confesses, he professes. And you actually even go through the emotions and say, look, do you really believe? And some people can't even tell you, you know, from top to bottom the gospel. I hope you can, you don't surprise if I argue that, you know, it's not what you say what you believe. It's what you live. That's what you believe. That's what you believe. And now, can you and I really then say that our life has changed into that position that we can, that we can say, you know, I, I seeking or I am or I really have this profound and deep relationship with God. Not, not just knowing. 
not just, you know, the, uh, Jesus Christ is my, is my Savior, but also he's my Lord and the one that really has screened everything, thought and feeling of my heart. Because when you know God, your life is supposed to change. And we have to live a life that might, might to be seen to be fit according with the scriptures. I know that sometimes it's hard to think of ourselves, you know, that we're going to make any, um, any wrong movement in that sense. But even a seasoned Christian sometimes find themselves, what's going on? What is happening with my life? You know the one that wants to live or has the kind of life that has no king of his head? No longer live by God, but live by himself. And I would say that it's impossible for this person to claim that has an encounter with God and follow doing what pleases in his heart. That actually we said that is an indictment of the world. There is no communication. There is no deep relationship. Sometimes there is no knowledge. And then you might say, of course, there is nothing uh, relate to us. Perhaps not. But I would say if there is one here, one person that has this idea, you know, I just come here for the motions, so that I guess mom or dad feel okay. I want there to, you know, make them feel uncomfortable. But one day, really, you know, when, when they understand who really I am and them are, are going to live my life, they perhaps you not really have not even met the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is this kind of groups that, that is moving and perhaps it's, it's foreign for, for some of us. But then perhaps this is a little bit more closer to us. And I want you to read now in John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Because there is another group of people. As we relate with God, as we seek to communicate with him. And in John chapter 6 and verse 60. He says there that many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, that these offend you. The rest of them said that was their disciples. The families. And so now we're going to see and we're going to talk about us, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and the relationship that we have with him. Let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. And Lord, as we open your word, we ask you, Lord, to speak to us. Lord, that, that the uh, human tongue cannot say. Lord, again, I ask you, Father, that you would be gracious enough to tell us, Father, what is it that you want us to uh, comprehend today and perhaps even to put it in practice. We ask you, Lord, to bless your word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so there is another group of uh, uh, disciples. See, those ones had... had there is some people that had an encounter with God, but it says that they were offended and they were back. We're not talking people that they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. You might remember, or perhaps think about this, this, uh, this uh, position. Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a time, there was an age that believing on him meant to leave everything behind. Literally, everything behind. When he invited Peter to come and follow him, he said that after these things, he started preaching the gospel. And finding, he says, you know, this fixing 
uh, you know, the, the nets of his father, he says, you follow me, and I will make you fishes of men. And said that they immediately left everything and follow him. Of course, if you're going you're gonna to believe in these words, you have to keep on listening to these words. And he's only the only one that has, the only one that has these words. <laughs> now we have the words. We put it in our lap. We read it. And then we make judgment of it. Oh, maybe. It's according with your interpretation of that. Give me time. This is not for me. But I'm thinking so and so, brother. <laughs> See, there was, a, there was a different times in that sense. He said that they immediately left. And I'm, I'm, I'm really still, you know, thinking about this, this concept where he says that he will make them fishes of men. What, what, a, what a strange invitation. Because he didn't say, I will make a good Christian. That would be great, isn't it? I will make you, you know, a, a good member of the Southland Baptist Church. No, he says, I will make a fishes of men. And so everything that we see here in this, in this gospel, these parables, this teaching, this walking, these miracles, is for, for them to become good fishes of men. The big sermon, you know, the, the, the sermon of the man. The meek, you're the soul of the earth, you're the light of the earth. You know, this, he's building up all this. And when he left, he says, you know what? Now be good Christians. <laughs> he says, now that you are a good fishers, man, now I send you to go and do it. Be my witness. Look, I give you my life. Now go ahead and proclaim us this truth. And in between, as we're doing that, we find these wonderful books and these letters of Paul and this. And we think, wow. We need to be very close. And so we have these people that says that they really want to go back. And so obviously in verse 66 and 67 says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. They had left everything, but not, not anymore. Then in 67, then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you also go away? And obviously we know the answer of Peter when he says, Lord, to whom should we go that has the word of eternal life? Now, what was it that offended them? The preaching. <laughs> they were. It's just this hard, hard. They did not agree with what they, they were listening. What they heard, you know, make, uh, making, making uncomfortable. They, did, they don't really understand what God was doing. And many times when we do not understand something, it bothers us. And we want to stop our involvement. Sometimes, you know, and this is it. And why this is so important? Because, look, depending on this, is this. Whichever relationship we revere is the fruit of this. That is, you, you, we can fake it. You get in my nerves really quickly when I'm not walking with the Lord. You do. I mean, you know, I got, what is it? Short fuse of some people said, not, not I, but this is how we say it, right? Maybe there are people, I don't know, even in this group, who, who are offended with something. Maybe in the church, you know, they, they, they don't come to church anymore. 
then really, I mean, it's factual. When, I mean, people, people, people don't leave the churches because they're glad. People say, ah, you know, I'm happy. I'm really following the Lord. I'm in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't have enough of my brothers. I'm leaving the church. No. And it's sad. Because, I mean, you know, even, you, you, know, you know, one of the things that I, 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 I told my, my brethren there in Argentina, because there, there was to be, used to be a little bit of, you know, conflict among themselves. So look. Make yourself a promise that you will choose not to take offense. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I got this image about you know this 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 images of the uh, you know the the recruits that go into the into the army, and you have this sergeant you know screaming at you like this. <sighs> And you just go, mm. you have to tough it up. Sometimes, you know, a church is, is, is tough. Yeah. I guess because, you know, we, we, we want you to grow. And uh, I mean, you know, parents, you know, that that's the way sometimes you have to install character to your children. It's denying a lot of things, telling how the things are. If you love them, the Bible says, no, don't spare the rod. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's hard, you think. But, and so, but that's the way it goes. Sometimes, you know, uh, people remind, obviously, here, and they do not get impacted anymore by the things of God. They are upset. And Jesus then looks at his disciples and tells them, are you going to really go, go to? Are you going to leave this? And they are Christian that when they are offended, they are offended, they, they, they just, you know, just leave. Look, I say to you, give yourself some time. Give yourself some time. You just don't know. Sometimes this is why you have to, I mean, you know, as you say, build character. Look, if you don't find the solution here in church, you won't find it nowhere else. This is it. This is the church of Christ. He said that he has built it, and so as imperfect as it is, it is his church. Not because he's imperfect, but it's because of us. And yet we maintain a kind of communication with God. When, you know, I, even in the short nine years, something like that, that I've been in Southland, I can actually remember faces that are no longer here. If I was asked, Brother Hernan, perhaps he would say, I can fill another hole. It's not an indictment of them. Many things can happen. But certainly there will maybe there will be some people there. And that's it. The word of God meant to build it up. It's never been preached in the sense, you know, to put you down but to highlight those things that perhaps God wants you to see in your life and he wants you to attend it. There are many things in that. So there is a group, obviously, you know, that does not, does not want to do anything to do with God. God says one thing and they do the other. And there is another group that they, 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 they walk, they follow God, they're disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, they follow the things of the gospel, until they are offended and then begins to serve God, but once, you know, the spirit's no longer there. That's a very difficult time to live or a way to live. And you will say, so what is the answer for this? 
Well, we're going to get into that. Because we're talking about intimate communication with God. There is another group that I would like to talk to you. And this we find in the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 17. Luke 17 and verse 10, it's only one verse there that very uh, simple. It's talking about service you know, because we, we show our relationship, we show our communion, obviously not just in attitude, but it's, it's the way we, we go and do things about. And so in verse 10 of uh, chapter 17 of Luke says, So likewise ye, when you should have done all the things which are commanded to you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Wow. What a statement. You know, this, this is a, an excellent group of people. I think this is the kind of people that, I mean, I would like to have in my church. I think pastor will agree with me. You know, those, those people with, uh, the, the people that the church admire, everyone like them. Because you tell them something, and they just do it. It says here that, you know, it says, you should have done all the things which I commanded to you. They do it to your expectation. They do it timely. I mean, when you said, have you done? Done. I mean, and really, there is this type of people in the churches. You know, you are a, 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 a brother, a sister of your word. It would be great, would it? Unfortunately, sometimes it's, it's a selected people <laughs> or a selected group of people. Many are in, you know, in the other section of no, no, don't give too much. You know, they're going to take advantage of you. If you say it once, you know, they're going to ask you all the time. And yet we sing here. I had decided to follow Jesus. I had decided to follow Jesus. And then we say that everything we left behind. And now we got to Jesus. But in reality, you know, like a towel war, right? God pulls and we pull back. God pulls and we pull back. But there is this group of people, praise the Lord, that says, you know, you, I ask you to do something and you just do it. I mean, it's like my children. Did she awake? Where is she? For the pastor, this person is useful. He is faithful person. He is, you know, she is the, person, uh, the perfect person. And like I said, I would like to have all this. And look, you know, so, sometimes uh, it is hard, obviously. You, you, you don't remember this. Some of you, obviously, uh, ne never, never had this, uh, this, um, this opportunity, this beautiful opportunity. Because now, I mean, before I left, the only thing I remember about uh, Brother Allen is that he was a master builder. Now I'm finding making beautiful noise. Yeah. Now I remember, think about 10 master builders, and I asked him to make a beautiful noise. Hi. Especially when I can give him whistle. <laughs> and, so, and so sometimes we, we just grow to the emotions and we think, you know, that everything just come along, just natural, but it's not. There is people that really put the hard jacker so that you can really worship the Lord in this manner. Praise the Lord for that. And, you know, in my opinion, to this group of people, I want to really exalt and I want to tell a lot of things, good things about this person. 
But then when I see the scriptures, God, he says that he is unprofitable. Did, did you read that? Just when you think, you know what? You know what, Pastor, only you and I have left here. If it wasn't because you and I, man, I don't know how this church is going to run. I mean, only us. We have to do this. We have to do that. Whew. The Lord says, unprofitable. <laughs> if you don't want me to be part of the musical thing, hmm, they don't know what they're going to miss. I don't think they're going to just cripple the whole ministry. Really? No, you're doing a good job. Praise the Lord. But unfortunately, you're unprofitable. I'm not saying that. It's the scripture. That's what it says. And many times, obviously, yeah, we, we relate, you know, through, through this with God, through obedience, to work, to service. But even when we go to the maximum, that when we do everything, it says, look, you know what? Come here, come here. You only do what I ask you to do. <laughs> wow. Like when you come, you know, when you come to, uh, you know, to, to home and says, mom, mom, look, I, I got 100% of my test. What you expect to have? <laughs> I mean, what are you so happy about? And, and, and so, this, you know, this, this relationship that we have with God uh, through service is, is wonderful. But look, let, let's, let's, not be go, let's not go beyond our, uh, ourselves. Because unfortunately, you know, some, sometimes this group of people, he often looks at those ones that are doing anything, and, and they declare themselves, you know, uh, the only usefuls in the things of God. Everyone is necessary, but no one is indispensable. God says, do not boast in this group. When you do everything you do, and then you say, I am unprofitable servant. The only thing that I do by the grace of God, <laughs> I'm doing everything that he's been asking me to do. And man, that is a big statement. I'm doing everything that he asked me to do. So what am I saying, really, brethren, is, is that the goal is not just to get to this point of, okay, you know, there was a lot of things that pastor said this morning. Man, I was going over there thinking, wow. I was throwing different, you know, lines and things and so on and whatever. Lord, what is the vision here? I'm talking here, you know, here for a ministry in Argentina. It's great. I don't know, for me it was big. I was trying not to even talk so that I don't forget the ideas that the Lord was putting in my mind. <laughs> yeah, that too, Lord. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Indeed, we have not arrived. So, as I say again, you know, there is a group that they don't want to know and they want to live as they please. They don't know God. There is another group that receives Christ and begins to walk with him. But when they get offended, they, they go away. And if they stay, they remind with a bitter spirit. Well, you don't want to live there. No point. There will be no, no, no growth for you. You really have to change that spirit. You wouldn't claim that you have a, communi a communion with God, having such an attitude and a spirit. And there is a third group that he says, uh, even though they're faithful, you know, and then come to church to all services, and when it's asked to do something, well, they do it, and you know, they are really those people that the, the pastor can depend on. The church depends out of these people. They're very useful. But God also says you are unprofitable. 
going to boast. Be humble. Be humble. Be glad that the Lord find you some grace and give you something to do. After about three years of being um, a Christian, 15 and a half, the Lord moved me from this church. At that time, it was one of the most important churches in El Salvador. The Lord, for some reason, led us to conversion into that church. And um, very rich. Obviously, we didn't fit because we didn't have. <laughs> but we have to cross almost the whole city. For about two and a half years, we did that. And then we moved to a church closer to home. Very humble. You know, some tin gliding the walls and so on. We fit right. But in a way, you know, I was 15 and a half and I come from, you know, that church. You gotta be somebody, right? Well, they put me in the corner, and you know, oh, it's because they, they're taking the time. They're good. And I moved to the paces for about six or eight months, and eventually I heard the pastor says, Ricardo, I would like to talk to you about a ministry. <clears throat> he thought this man is intelligent. He never knows the diamond that I have, that he, that he has. And he says, uh, I want you to be part of, you know, the soul winning ministry. Oh, yeah. You find a man? He says, uh, first we have to organize the tracks. Oh, worse. You know, the church was maybe only half of these there. There was a, a small building at the back, a small room. And he took me over there, up to the ceiling. Good 80, 100 boxes of trucks. A small table, one light. He says, you know, this is the seal, this is the stamp. All these boxes. <laughs> and this is your office. Come on, whenever you know something like, you know, you know what I mean? Right? At least clean the piano so that people can see me, you know? <laughs> mm. I don't know whether he did it on purpose or whatever, but the Lord used it really well. He says, I want you to put it, you know, in 25, in 50s, in 100. That's okay. So I have that. Maybe he saw me that was, I was very skinny. Maybe he, need, uh, maybe he didn't need some work care or something. <laughs> so I did that. Took me about two, three months. I said, Pastor, I done it. I said, okay. He says, uh, ne next week, he says, I want you to put a, a table in the back and group, you know, the, the, the trucks and whatever. I will announce them. Okay. And I said, you know, whoever wants the trucks and whatever, there's, you know, uh, Ricardo over there. And he says, I just want you to ask you one thing. I said, okay. You know how the trucks are, are, are figured out? Yeah, you know, some speak about this, or, you know, construction and this. You, know. you, you figure out who's, who's who. I mean, a teacher, give it, you know, something more, you know what I mean? Different kind of trucks and so on. I like that. I said, wow. Some in the back over there. Fifteen trucks. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm visible at least. <laughs> but now of trucks, he says, now I want you to go to the uh, Baptist House publication, and choose yourself the tracks. Oh, now we're talking, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what is wonderful? That I started that back then. I started back then. Be humble. Be humble. Sometimes we, you know, the Lord just gives us something, and we think that, oh, the next position is faster. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> Believe me, you can have it. <laughs> uh, 
look, the preaching I enjoy. It's greatest thing, the, the word of God. The rest of it, the Lord is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's one of the things. But it's all one package. You just can't do nothing else. You have to rely on God. And so there is this other group that says, be humble. Be humble. Don't boast. And then obviously there is, there is another dimension that the Lord is, is trying to say, look, change that spirit. Be, be, be joyful. Be, uh, be, be in, such, in such a state that I can use you, that, you can, that we can communicate, that you can really give the right image. And then you, that, the, the one that does things proper, uh, get, get that sweet spirit that I actually do it because, uh, because out of my grace. And you do it out of gratitude and love. But then in Matthew 5, 41, this is, again, one of the things that we would like to get. This is even going beyond of just doing what you've been asked to do. And it says in Matthew 5, 45, says, And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him. You see, this, this is actually the concept of Christianity. Remember, there was not just, you know, one slap. <laughs> I put the other one, because you're never a Christian. Remember that you were asked to do that thing? Well, do that and, and move. Can you help me to carry one chair? Do you need to? Yeah, really, I need to. Oh, I take it. Can you help me to carry one chair? Oh, no, they're all asking me. Amen, you know. That's why I should not come early. Hmm. You know, the, obviously, you've been, you've been told, remember, that, that that was the law? The Roman law has to carry one man. By law, you have to carry because, you know, the, this centurion, this soldier, whoever it was, uh, Roman citizens could not carry this load. And if we were ask you, you have to carry this load, you have to do it by law. From here to there, one mile. Here, that's it. By law, you cannot, if you don't want to, that's it. Boom. And he can do nothing about it. He can call another one, but not you. But you know what? He says, take it too. Take it too. And this is what we want to get. This is the Christian goal. Your willingness is to look more of what you're being asked. If you think that you're doing too much, if you say to yourself, you know what? I think I'm doing too much now. But you think that you need vacations? Hmm. Perhaps you should say, Lord, give me more. Give me more. Pastor, is there anything else that I can do? Look, by the way, you're doing so and so. Yeah, Pastor, but look, I would like to do more. Don't rush it, right? Because you might have a heart attack or something. Just do it, you know. Pause. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to take, you know, the example of, uh, of how, we, we, how we actually get ourselves, uh, you know, in, in the environment, the house, I don't know. But, you know, uh, my, my children are very good. I'm proud of them. I mean, I don't think I could have better children. Now, having said that, <laughs> yeah. Ricardo, one day, he told me that he, you know, the thing about being big and strong, that was not a blessing, it was a curse. Poor thing, he was 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, much bigger than in the church that we used to go, you know, that was like a three, three store. Okay, we want to take all this up there, all the 10, 11, you know, the, no, no, you know, you know, only the men. Ricardo was higher than me. You, 
And I think this is a their thing. But he couldn't. And so he got. Now, there is two men now that are asking me, Pastor, will you try me to serve full time to the Lord? I said, yes. And I said, look, do you know what you're really asking? What is it that you're thinking that is being trying to serve full time to the Lord? He said, I want you to, to teach me how you read the Bible, you know, one, two, three steps, and so on. And, you know, ah, you, you mean preaching? How to discern you know, the Bible? I said, that's, that's maybe one-tenth of it. But the bulk of the matter is this. You want to serve the Lord, you have to learn how to serve the people. That's all it is. If you don't have the heart, well, <laughs> doesn't go that way. Because of this, there is no such a thing. <laughs> Fine. A lot of mud. Oh. So think about it. Yeah, no, Pastor. Okay. Okay. That's what it is. I mean, you know how to read the Bible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Point A, point B, point C. Go and tell how the Lord has played to you. That's it. Pastor, I had an accident. I'm in hospital. I don't know how to pay this. Can you help me? But it's one o'clock in the morning now. I'll be there. You just be there. I mean, I'm glad. I feel privileged that she called me. That's all it is. Oh, but I'm doing the things of the Lord. Oh, you're just some prophet boy. That's who you are. And so he says, two miles. You know, it says, God says, you are forced to go one mile, see two. And this is the idea. The first mile is for the men. The second mile is for God. The first mile, everybody sees the second mile, only God knows. It's like a God is saying, you know, you, you can impress them for one mile, but you call my attention with the second mile. And unfortunately, we, uh, we, we, we tend, you know, to, to live in this realm here. And we seeking a deeper relationship a communion with God. And as you can see, it's, it's been based a lot in, 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 in the level of obedience that we have. And it is true. I mean, you, you, you cannot tell me that we can relate with God if we don't obey God. If there is something... We would like to be in this life. Would it be Christians of two miles? Not one, but two. So obviously there is those ones that have no king over their head. Others the hand has, you know, started walking with the Lord and now they are offended. They don't live with the right spirit. And I hope none of you here identify with that position. But if you are in the third position, in, that, in those ones that you know you, the church can depend on, your pastor can depend on, you actually are a man and a woman of your word, good. Don't lose that. But will you then move to the second mile, Christian? I mean, don't have any chance even to become boastful about boastful about. Just move forward. I mean, now you're doing what you've been asked to do. Now, go the second mile. And then, the 
with that joys, with that, we can come perhaps to, yeah, really to the end of uh, where I would like you to go. John 15, that was the verse that, or the chapter that uh, we were studying even last week. John 15, verse 13 and 15 through 15. John 15, verse 13. Because all of that has to be a relationship of love. And says, verse 13 says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man may lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you no servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Man, this is, this is deep. I don't know where you but To have Jesus Christ as your friend. He says, look, let's, let's forget about this issue that, that you do things because I ask you. Let's go deeper than that. I don't want you to be my servants. I want you to be my friends. And how do we know that we're friends with Jesus when he tells us those intimate things? He says to the laborers, to those ones, I won't tell them those things. But to you, I have told them the things that the Father has told me to do it. And really, that's, that's true to us. When, when you have a relationship of friendship, what is the difference? That intimacy. And you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I guess I will speak with my own personal but I don't know what's happened with Christians or the Christian church. Remember, I'm talking only about myself. But it seems that there is not strong bond friendships in the church. And so sometimes it's like we just don't know what we're talking about. What the Lord not talking here about? That friendship, that friend. Yes, that one that you can communicate anything and everything that you won't communicate to the pastor. Wow. Or why not your pastor can be your friend? And you know, this is where sometimes, obviously, you know, in those teenage years and whatever, you make a lot of friends. Sometimes this is when things become undone as well. He says, I will no longer call you servants. I will call you friends. Because the, friend, the, the servant doesn't know it. You know what the Lord wanted. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father. I have made you, I have made you known. From now on, he says, I will do this. I don't know about you, brothers, but I would like to have I would like to have the ears of God. What I mean is when you pray, do you really have a communication with God? Do you and Him commune? How is your prayer life? I will tell you one thing. As you many of you perhaps know, I we were for several years in Fellowship Baptist Church. And for some reason, I always knew that I would come to this church. I don't know why. And trickle by trickle, my children, so whatever they come, and eventually. I end up here. 
And you know one thing that sold me out? I came to the prayer meeting. Not once, not twice, not three times. Many Wednesdays. For months. You will find here 70, 80, 90 people. come back. I left two and a half years ago. I have more fingers than people in the meeting. What's going on? What happened, church? Are these chairs are not full here because we're missing the second mile. <laughs> Christians? How is our communication with God? Do you really pray? Are you teaching your children to pray? Are you embarrassed to pray in public? When you sit in the shopping mall to eat your food? No, I just don't want to be, you don't want to be a sin, you know. Don't, you don't have to be. Look, you, you can give whatever excuse you want to give. Reality is that you're ashamed. Me, I don't know. I just, I do it because I have to, you know, I'm a pastor. Wow. I don't know about you, but I think, you know, there is decisions to be made, a life to live, and I need wisdom as a father. I believe my wife needs wisdom as a mother. You young people need wisdom about what you're going to study, who you're going to marry, where you're going to go, and you need an intimate, intimate relationship with God. You really need to understand that the decisions that you have to make must please God. And how are you going to know if you haven't got that communication with God? Really? Are you making decisions because everybody has done it before and they gone here and there and they got a job and they're paying well and that's it? How do you actually end up with that? Did you consult with your parents? It is as if God, you know, uh, see those people that run the two miles, that walk the two miles and say to those ones the two miles, you know, you are my friend. And because you are my friend and them, we're going to have a sweet, intimate communication. I will tell you things that only I and my father knows about. Those that are offended, they are disqualified. Those ones that don't want to have even the Lord Jesus Christ as the king, much less. But to you and I, God says, I want you to be my friend. Yeah, that, that, that's deep. I mean, who am I? <laughs> Think about it. I got really surprised that the Lord does whatever he does with us. Don't presume. Don't think, you know, that I believe the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, his, his, his blood is in my head, and you, know, and you say all the things about the gospel, and I say, no, go beyond that. So I hope you actually say, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do more. And I'm going to do it out of gratitude and love. It is, it, it, it is you know, here, it, it is so, so um, deep when he says, greater love has no man than this. 
that a man, a man laid down his life for his friends. And so he did the greater love. And so what about you? You know, I actually put this example in Argentina. I said, because I had to tell him that I loved him, did I? Do we really? My brother needs a kidney transplant. No worries, bro. Get mine. Really? Wow. You know what I'm saying? He just puts his life down for us, for you and I. Now he asks us, he doesn't ask us to die for him. He's asking us to live for him. For him. Live for him. He says, look, you and I, we want to have this relationship. Sweet, beautiful. Yes. Now you come to this point. You not only do what I have asked you to do, you go beyond that. Come here, my friend. Or where are we in our relationship with God? So in a way of uh, summary, if I ask you, can you actually discern between a friend and a person who just, who just simply know and those ones that perhaps are your friends. The difference you will always find that is that deep relationship, that intimacy there is. And God wants to give us that intimate things for us, to live a life that pleases God. But we must have an intimate relationship with him. And you and I is the one that decided that. He just says, look, I have done what I have to do. I have died for you. And there is something that you and I need from God. And that is why we are here in this building. You know, we can identify in whichever group you want to. The first one, the second, the third, you know. Two miles. The first mile is for those who can see it, and the second mile is for those, uh, for, is, is for God, and you only, see, only he himself can see that. When you do something that nobody sees and you don't get that thank you, don't get offended. God see it. God see it. That's the idea. You know, sometimes you work and work and work and work in the church and man. No, not even the pastor, no. Good. Good, no one knows. God knows. Look, he, look he's, he's, he's so precise that not even if you give a glass of water, he will pass over. He, he will know when you give a, a glass of water. I mean, a glass of water is. Are you thirsty? Do you care for a glass of water? Yeah, yeah. God says, Oh my account. This is it. Sometimes this is what it is. You know, we want to serve the Lord, but we want to have all the time. Like Elijah, only I have left. <laughs> only I, the one that served in the church. No, not at all. So God is saying, I want you to go the second mile. But many times we just want to live our life. Look, I'm not even talking about living a pure life, a life without sin and so on. Look, look, just get yourself serving the Lord and you will have less time for the other things. Of course, if you don't want to do nothing about it, there will be a lot of time. There will be a lot of machinations and negotiation in your mind, in your heart, how to do this and how to do that without you being found out. Look, of whom are you trying to hide? He knows everything. 
And in the same reason, because he knows everything, well, work for him even if nobody else knows that you're working for him. I hope you and I understand this and that we can develop a spiritual life in an intimate relationship with God based solely on that. The Lord is asking you to go that extra mile out of love and out of gratitude for him. He is, after all, our Savior and Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I'll leave with that, Pastor. Thank <clears throat> you.